0: Hello, and welcome to the Renaissance Podcast. Thank you for joining us to worship and learn more about God as we all pursue Him together as a community. For more podcasts and services about past weeks, or to join us online on Sunday mornings, check out the Church at Home page at rendecator.org. or come connect with us in person on Sunday mornings in downtown Decatur. Now, enjoy the message. Brian can only hope to be as cool as me is what he's trying to say. Well, welcome. Brian Talty, First Christian, lead pastor there. What a wonderful man. What a wonderful church. Just so you know, we see First Christian as like a big brother to us, and they help us in so many things. They're so thankful for them. And the fact that he would take time out of his busy schedule to let us do something so silly like that is just so, so great. Anyways, we love Brian. Um, Welcome to Renaissance. My name is Jeff. If we haven't had a chance to meet, I'm one of the leaders here at the church. And Merry Christmas to you. Are you ready for Christmas? too late. Here it comes. It's coming tomorrow. If you're not ready, you're not ready. I'm just saying. And I was at the mall yesterday and, you know, come on, let's Hickory Point Mall. (laughs) Oh, but, but Von Mar was hopping. I'm just saying a lot of people in their last minute gift shopping, buying cologne and perfume and all this stuff to, to tell your loved one, you don't like how they smell. That's what those, those gifts are saying. Um, well, we are in our uh, fourth and final week of a Christmas series that we've entitled Christmas Lists. And we're just taking this idea that we as people use lists to sort of um, plan our day, to help us get things accomplished. And no no other time... Um, in our year is probably more appropriate to make lists than around Christmas time. As a kid, I remember my parents giving me a, piece, a blank piece of paper and saying, hey, write your list down of Christmas gifts that you want for Christmas. I'm like, yes, this is awesome. But we use gifts a lot of times just to make sure we don't miss something. I bet some of you have gifts uh, or lists of people that you wanna buy gifts for and you check them off as you buy the gifts to make sure that your Aunt B isn't missed or something like that. And we use gifts to go to the grocery store to make sure that we get the pork loin or the cranberry stuff or whatever you're making for Christmas dinner you have those lists and and we love to use lists and so we took this idea what would it look like if we if we used that idea to just speak about the Christmas message and so week one of our Christmas list series we talk about we talked about the ultimate gift that a person could give and or receive and we even asked people in the little video what's the 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 greatest gift you could give someone if you could give them anything and and we played around that idea and we began to question this idea like what if what if we could go to God and we could stick a microphone in his face and say what's the what's the ultimate gift that you would love to give someone and we needn't look no further than his son Jesus because Jesus is the ultimate gift. In fact, we could even argue that of all the lists that God might have, there's only one item on it, and it is Jesus. He is the gift given to the world. Week two, we talked about the ever-changing list. You know, oft- oftentimes, we have a, a list or a plan of how we want things to go, and, and sometimes they just get interrupted, and we have to be people that can kind of go with the flow, especially this time of year. Like Christmas, you can ruin your Christmas if you just don't go with the flow. Say amen. Yes, you gotta be flexible. And so he looked week two at the story of Mary Mary and Joseph, a young couple betrothed, right? Just looking forward to starting their marriage together, maybe moving to the countryside, the Galilean countryside, just live a simple life. And then an angel named Gabriel came in and just flipped that whole thing upside down and said, oh, by the way, Mary, you're gonna have a child and that child's gonna be the son of God and his name is going to be Jesus And so they had to learn to flex in their schedule and everything. And so we talked about that. And then last week we talked about uh, the angels. As Samantha read during our worship time in Luke chapter 2, that the angels came to the shepherds out in the fields at at night and, and told them three things to do not fear because there's been good news of great joy that is for all of the people. This triad of lists has been given to the world that we might focus upon Jesus Christ. He is the good news. That God has come to judge the sin in the world through his son, Jesus. And we have joy and great joy because of it. Say amen? Yes. And then this week we talk about the gifts for a king. We're going to spend this week talking about this little obscure story in Matthew's gospel where some wise men, they're oftentimes called magi, they they leave their land and come to where Jesus is and they present gifts to him. And so we want to look at those three gifts that we just sang about. Gold, frankincense, and what is it? Myrrh, well done, you sound like you're cold. Myrrh, myrrh, myrrh. So we'll do that. So all of us have seen a nativity scene, right? Maybe you own one, you have one of those little figurine nativity things with like little Mary and Joseph. And and how many seen a live nativity where you drive to church and they have camels and animals? That's strange, but kind of cool, right? And so they have a live nativity where people are outside freezing while you're in your car (laughs) drinking (laughs) hot cocoa. How you doing out there, folks? we, here's what's interesting is at my house, we, we, uh, I have a rule. I say we have a rule, it's really my rule and no one pays attention to it. But I'll tell you what it is. It, it is this, is that after we pack, pack up all of the Christmas decorations and I drape them all down to the basement and store them neatly down the basement, if there's anything left outside, right? Or left in the kitchen on a shelf, a little obscure figurine or something, if it's left out after I've put everything away, it goes in the trash can. Because I'm not going back downstairs to unpack some stuff to put this one little thing in. Well, imagine my shock a couple years ago. We packed everything away. Two weeks go by. And I look on our mantle. Behind a candle was the little figurine of baby Jesus. You know the rule. Jesus is going in the trash can. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I actually saved baby Jesus. You're welcome. I saved him. Man. But all that to say, these nativity scenes all have the same sort of elements. They might be different sizes. They might look differently in different cultures of the world. There's always the same type of things. You've got, you've got a figurine for Mary and Joseph, and then there's the baby that lays in a manger. There's sometimes animals around this little mangery sort of barn shed situation. And then there's, there's three wise men that are standing there. And I don't want to burst your bubble here, but I just want you to know that the, the wise men actually don't belong in the nativity scene. And we'll talk about that in, in a little while. And uh, just know this, that the, the Bible would tell us that the wise men came to Jesus, not when he was a baby, but probably when he was a toddler. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But here's the fascinating thing. Even though we don't um, know for certain uh, how old Jesus was when the Magi came, we know for certain this. God wants us to know the story of the wise men. He wants us to know. Uh, Matthew, there's Matthew, Mark, Luke and John in those four biographies of Jesus. Matthew is the only one that records this story. No one else talks about this. But we believe here at Renaissance that the Bible is the inspired word of God. Yes, we believe that. And if that's true, then the story that Matthew paints for us with the birth story the nativity of Jesus including these three wise men it must be for our benefit and so today we want to look to this story and not to try to focus on when the wise men came how old was Jesus and was it just three of them or was it 30 of them we're not going to get caught in those particulars we're going to let the main thing be the main thing and the main thing that that Matthew tells us is that wise men came to Jesus and they brought him gifts And those three gifts listed, and there may have been more. We're not even going to debate that. There may have been a whole lot more. We're going to focus on the three gifts because I believe that what what Matthew is trying to do for us, he's trying to underscore an aspect or three different aspects of who Jesus is in the giving of these three gifts. So that being said, that's my work set before us. I'll go quick and I'll get you out of here in 55 minutes. We good? We good? All right. Just kidding. We're going to get out of here early because uh, daddy's got to go home and take a nap. I'm just saying. So (laughs) preach. That gets a preach. I've said, just so you know, I've said Jesus is king, Lord, all these things. No one amens that. And then I mentioned a nap. And now all of a sudden people are like, amen. I like this church. (laughs) Talking about taking naps. Anyways, in, in Matthew chapter two, we read this obscure little story. Starting here in verse one, it says this, that after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, there's a little time stamp that Matthew gives us. So, you know, we can look back and sort of see about what time this happened because we know when Herod was king in Judea. It says, behold, these wise men came from the east and they came to Jerusalem where King Herod lived. And they asked the king, "Where is he who has been born, king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to what? To worship him." What's interesting is that the Magi come from the east. We don't know specifically where they come from. We don't know much about them. We know that they were highly educated, they were well versed in the ancient prophecies pertaining to future events. You'll you'll recall uh, before this moment, when the, the magi come to Jesus, you know, maybe six centuries before this, there's a moment in Israel's history. When they had rebelled against God, if you know your Old Testament, this will ring true to you, but they, they uh, rebelled against God and God kept his promise of judgment against them. And he says, listen, like, I'll be your God, you'll be my people, but these are the, the rules. And he gives them the law of Moses. Well, they, they broke the law. And so God just let his judgment come and it came through a nation called Babylon. Some of you have probably heard of Babylon. And so Babylon sweeps in through the promised land and decimates God's people destroys their temple, destroys their city, their nation, and moves the people into other parts out east to assimilate them into other pagan cultures. And the king of Babylon was a man named Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, when they're pulling people out of Israel and taking them into Babylon... Nebuchadnezzar picked a few people to work with him specifically. One of them was a man named Daniel. How many of you heard of the name Daniel? How about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you know that story, the fiery furnace, Daniel and the lion's den? Well, this is that Daniel. In fact, Daniel has a book in the Old Testament named after him. It's about his prophecies concerning the things of God. And we can know a lot about who Daniel was, but we know that he was taken into captivity by the king Nebuchadnezzar, chosen by the king given a new non-Jewish name and trained in the ways of the Babylonians for three years, and after which he would then enter into the king's service. Well, one night, King Nebuchadnezzar has this terrible and troubling dream, and he calls all of his enchanters and prophets and seers, and he asks all of them to interpret his dream, but they could not. But God gave Daniel the interpretation of the dream. He just gave it to him at night, and so Daniel goes to the king and tells him, I know what your dream means, and this helped the king, and he was overjoyed, and he was amazed, and so he then promoted Daniel to be ruler over the whole province of Babylon, and the chief prefect over all of the, wait for it, wise men of Babylon. This is an obscure little portion of Daniel that I, I caught this last week, that he was Made the authority over all of the wise men of the Babylonian kings, prophets and seers, and all of their wise men. So it's possible, and I were truly guessing at this point, it's possible that Daniel was the one who shared, right, to all of these wise men under his tutelage, all of the Jewish people's prophecies concerning a future coming king and Messiah, the one who would one day deliver his people from their enemy. And in fact, in the book of Daniel, chapter 7, verse 13, we see one of Daniel's prophecies concerning Jesus who is to come. Look at this, verse 13. He says, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like the Son of Man, speaking of someone, a person. And he came to the Ancient of Days, which is another name for the Lord God. And he came to God, and he was presented before him. In verse 14, it says, And to him was given the dominion and the glory and the kingdom, so that all the peoples, the nations, and the languages would serve him. And his dominion is an an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be what? Destroyed. Now, this is a vision that Daniel has of Jesus, the son of God, come to earth in the shape of a man, God with us. He has some six, seven hundred years before Jesus is born. And even though Jesus is not mentioned by name, this is who he is talking about. This is Jesus. One day, all of the nations will bow before Jesus. All tongues, all tribes will come and worship him freely or forcefully. They will bend the knee before this great, oh my gosh, this great king who has come. Now, since Daniel was over all of these wise men in the Eastern kingdom of Babylon, we can surmise that it's possible that these wise men in Matthew's story that have traveled from the East all the way to where Jesus was, it's possible that they were looking for the Messiah and the King because of the words that Daniel had spoken to their forefathers 600 years ago. For centuries, these magi have passed down From generation to generation to generation about this future coming Messiah, all the while they are looking for the perfect timing to see its fulfillment. And then, and then one day they see a sign, a star. (laughs) One star against the backdrop of a billion stars. And yet they see it. Oh, I could just say this, this is not in my notes. God is doing so much in the lives of his people for those who have eyes to see. For those people who have eyes to see what God might be doing. It is so easy for us to just get busy looking at all the things that we think are just normal and natural. And when God intervenes into our world, we miss it because we don't see the unexpected. Our heads are down, we're pulling the work behind us, we're nosing through all the stuff that we've gotta do and we don't look up to see the work that God is doing. Is this making sense to anyone? But Matthew records this message and lets us know that these Magi, <laughs> even though they were Gentile, not Jewish, even though, right, this isn't like their king they've been waiting for, they knew a king would come, and when God broke in, they saw it and moved towards it. So by the time the Magi arrived, Jesus was probably not a baby any longer because they had to travel some great distance. Matthew doesn't even use the word for baby when he's talking about Jesus. Jesus. But when they get to, um, after they leave Herod from Jerusalem and find their way to where Jesus and his parents are, uh, this is what happens next. And this is what we read in verse 11 of Matthew chapter 2. It says that they go into the house and they saw the child, again, this is the word that Matthew chooses, not a baby, with Mary, and they fell down and what? They worshiped him. And then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and everyone, myrrh. So moving quickly now, these three gifts speak to some capacity of who Jesus is. These three gifts speak to us from the Lord as to who Jesus is. These are symbolic of who he is. So let's go through them one by one. Gold, gold. First gift. As was customary for royal visits, these wise men, they come bearing treasured gifts intended to bring honor and glory to this newborn king. And as it is today, gold in their day was a valued commodity. Um, There are other types of assets that you can read about in the Bible. The Bible talks about people who are wealthy because they have uh, precious metals, they have livestock, servants. I think one of them he says wives. I don't know how you're wealthy to have more than one wife, but you know, I'm just saying. Uh, But accumulation of gold was another chief measure of wealth. And primarily because of its scarcity, gold was associated with royalty and nobility. There's even an Old Testament story about a queen named Sheba who travels great distance to see the great king of Israel named Solomon. And she brings with her a treasure of gold to give him, to show him honor. And all of that is to say this, this is underscoring for us a reality that Jesus is a king that he is a king, that the wise men's gift of gold have been foreshadowed to show us that aspect of who Jesus is. And there's actually another component about the gold gift that we might miss. In the Old Old Testament, there's this thing that we talk about called the Old Covenant, where God's people were were sort of bound by these laws that we mentioned, the the law of Moses, to sort of worship God. And and they had this special place for worship called the tabernacle or the temple. And inside this tabernacle or temple, there's this holy place. And in fact, it's sometimes called the Holy of Holies. It's like the very center of of God's worship. And it's the place where God dwelt. He he lived there. And, 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 And the high priest of God would go in there once a year on a special special day called the Day of Atonement, and he would make a sacrifice for his people. But the, the Bible, when it explains this Holy of Holies, it says the whole place is filled with, guess what? Gold. That this baby is something more than just a baby. And this gift of gold teaches us something greater, that he is a king, and it speaks to his future sacrifice that he will make and the atonement that he will make for us. Next gift, ready? Frankincense, that's fun to say. Second gift called frankincense. And frankincense is this aromatic gum resin that is still widely used in parts of the Middle East and uh, even Africa today. It's produced by scraping like the sides of some of these certain types of trees that are native to their lands. And then these little beads of resin sort of form on the outside of the tree and they scrape those off. They form it into like a little paste, a little gum resin. And then when they burn it, it creates this strong and beautiful aroma. And in the ancient Near East, the cost of frankincense, it precluded people from using it for anything but special occasions. It wasn't just your common you know, Glade plug-in or spray can that you spray before your your family comes over for dinner to cover up the smell that you have animals. It does not, just so you know. We can tell you have pets, and they don't always go outside. We try. It doesn't work. All that to say, this is a special incense and aroma that is used only... Um, during the worship of a deity. They would only burn this in worship towards a God. And this gift that the magi bring to Jesus is a gift to be used only in the worship of a God. We are learning here that not only is Jesus a king whose, whose kingdom will never end, but he is in fact God. That he is God with us. Emmanuel, that's what we mean when we sing Emmanuel or say Emmanuel. Emmanuel. And as with this gold, frankincense, it, it applied this, this connection to the temple worship. When they would burn incense in the temple, it was, it was often given during times of prayer. And so we would see the smoke leave the tent or the tabernacle or the temple and make its way to heaven. And it was to be symbol, symbolic of our prayers that are going up to God. And the, and the Old Testament even precluded the, the use of any other incense in temple worship. It had to be frankincense. And so when the wise men bring the frankincense to Jesus, they are saying something very profound to those of us who hear it and to those of us who see it. Lastly, the wise men brought myrrh as a gift to the child. It's also a fragrant, fragrant spice derived from the sap of a tree. And it can be used as incense as well, but the ancient world also had other uses for it as well. It was used mixed with oils uh, to make anointing oils. It was mixed with other things to make perfumes. And it was even imbided to, imbided to be a, um, imbibed rather, to be a medicinal tonic. In the Old Testament, myrrh was used in a mixture of oil to make anointing oil. And so the The Magi are teaching us here that Jesus is also not just a king, not just God, but he's actually a priest because the Old Testament priests were anointed with an oil made with myrrh. And so there's a theological point that's being underscored here that Jesus is a priest, a high priest is what the writer of Hebrews calls us, the great high priest for us. And one of the aspects of the high priest was that he would go into this holy of holy place, like I said, once a year and make atonement for his people. It just meant this, he would offer a sacrifice of an animal and put the blood of that sacrifice into the holy of holy, into the place where God dwells. And this gift of myrrh to to Jesus is is implying that that Jesus as our high priest is going to make atonement for his people. He's going to do so not through the blood of bulls or goats or rams or any other thing, but he's going to do so by the, the shedding of his own blood that one day Jesus will give his life, the great high priest make atonement for the world's sins. Jesus, we would say is the Messiah. Here's a funny little, it's not funny, but there's an interesting factoid here. Uh, Myrrh is only mentioned twice in Matthew's gospel. And all the biography of Jesus only mentioned twice. It's mentioned once here when Jesus is born and the Magi bring the gift to him. And the only other time it's mentioned is after Jesus offers his life as a sacrifice and his dead and broken body is taken off of the cross. And a man from Arimathea named Joseph brings burial spices, including what? Myrrh to embalm Jesus' dead body for burial. See, a big aspect of myrrh was that it was an embalming spice, oftentimes mixed with oil to be an embalming fluid. What a strange gift to give young parents. Would you agree? (laughs) It's a wonderful, beautiful baby you've got there. Here's some embalming fluid if he doesn't make it. What is, now, right? Is that strange? And to us, we miss it. It goes right over our heads. They don't miss it. Matthew's writing to Jewish believers. When he said, and the Magi brought myrrh, they went, wait, what? Myrrh? Those are for priests or dead people. Of which Jesus will be both. Everybody good? All right, moving on. Almost done. Hang in. Here we go. There is joy that we have at Christmas time. We were singing it this morning Joy to the world. Yes, God has come. And part of the joy we have is from giving gifts. I love to give gifts we we'll have to receive gifts, that's for, for sure, Rece- 11, size 11 vans, if anybody's asking. Um, yeah. Anyways. Um, but there's a lot of joy because of all the gifts that we receive. And what's great about a gift that when you get it is when you open it, you actually see kind of an insight into the person that gave it to you. Like they thought of you highly enough to go out of their way to buy something and if you really like it, it's almost to say like they were paying attention when you walked through Lowe's that day and said, oh, I could use that tool or maybe you're at the mall. I could, Oh, that's a cute sweater or that's a, a nice perfume. And they were paying attention enough months ago to make note of it, to then go to the mall without you, spend some of your money, I'm sure, but spend some money and buy you the gift and then give it to you. It says something about the gift giver, don't you think? And when we look to Jesus, the, the Son of God given to us. It says that not only does, does God know what we want, and we should all want Jesus if we don't. That's, I understand that. Hopefully you will one day. <laughs> um, but he gives us what we need. It's not just what we want, but he gives us something that we need. I wonder, I wonder if, if, it, if this time of year, we might be mindful of that, that in, in the busyness of our life, when when we are kind of going crazy, and I had a crazy moment this morning, I was backstage, just getting a little anxious. I'm an anxious person, anyone, and I'm just kind of Lord, I don't. It's Christmas, I should be having joy, and I'm freaking out a little bit. And and the Lord just reminded me, Jeff, I've given you Jesus, use him. And so I sat down, I prayed, I said, Lord, I'm I'm really struggling right now. It's this is hard. And he goes. Jeff, you're you're doing all the heavy lifting. I've sent Jesus to do the heavy lifting for you. It's going to be fine. Jesus has come to help you. Use him. And so I did. I prayed this morning. And some of you, hopefully those words will be an encouragement to you these next several days as, Friends and family make their way over or you travel to other places and the the stress and the chaos, the holidays can just overtake you. Just remember, Jesus has given you a gift and and if you need help, he can help. How's he gonna help me, Jeff? I don't know, but he helps. (laughs) He helps. Matthew's gospel teaches us that, that not only can we be people who receive gifts, but at this Christmas season, we should be mindful of the gifts that we give. The Magi left everything. They left whatever behind, their businesses. We don't know what they had, families. We don't know how many people came with them. We just know this, that when they saw the sign that God was doing something, they packed up the camel and they moved towards Jesus's. They moved to where God was doing something and they brought him gifts. So this season, If joy eludes you, if joy escapes you, just be mindful of the gift that God has given you and return to him something in return. And so the gifts of the Magi can remind us of this, that we first can give God our belief. John talked about this this morning in our call to worship. Our work is to believe. Our gift to God is to believe that Jesus is the King who reigns over a kingdom that will never end. Say amen. Yes. And we are his subjects, which we don't like to say in America. We don't like to be subject to anyone. Tough. (laughs) He's king. You are not. And he's good all the time. And he wants us to live a fruitful and abundant life. Jesus is the way into that. Secondly, we know that not only was he king, but he's also God. There's no way a mere person, a mere human, could sacrifice God's reconciling sinful man and a holy God, no person could do that. God himself is the only one who could absorb all of that wrath that was poured out on sin at the cross. Only Christ could bring a sacrifice that would propitiate heaven's wrath and endure forever. It is an eternal sacrifice. We do not have to drag animals to church with us. Say amen. Thank you. (laughs) What a housekeeping mess that would be. And lastly, we turn to Jesus and we trust him as our high priest that he does make atonement for us. And unlike the people of the Old Testament had to do that repeatedly year after year after year, when Jesus makes atonement for us by his shed blood, it is eternal and forever. So the Magi, they pursued Jesus. And so too, we should chase after Jesus without hesitation, letting him be the guiding star that is in our life. I actually found this quote. I didn't share it at the nine o'clock service. So you get this. This is bonus. Are you guys Ready? It's from Pope Francis, and you're like, well, a Catholic? Yeah, a Catholic. He said this recently. He said, it's not enough to know where Jesus was born if we don't go there. It's not enough to know that Jesus was born if we do not encounter him. When his place becomes our place, when his time becomes our time, when his person becomes our life, then all of the prophecies that are contained in the Bible, they come to fulfillment in and through us in his life. Jesus is born within us. He becomes the living God for us. And so today, I just ask that we be a people who imitate the Magi, imitate the wise men, and do not hesitate, but go to God and give him your life because he is the one deserving of it. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you. (laughs) What a great day, what a good group of people, Lord. Thank you for everything that you do. Help us to reflect on these profound truths contained in Matthew's gospel and the word of God that reminds us this Christmas season, the story of Jesus, the newborn King. Help us to acknowledge and understand the significance of the gifts that speak to his royal majesty, his deity and his sacrificial purpose as our savior. Lord, just as these wise men presented these gifts with both reverence and understanding, may we too give reverence and understanding and offer our lives to Jesus. May we see him as our eternal king, fully divine, and the great priest who atones for our sins. And so as we approach the celebration of his birth tomorrow morning, when the coffee makers turn on, Lord, and the lights brighten a darkened room and the children run downstairs to see the presence, Lord, may we just take a moment and pause to remember everything that you have done for us. May our hearts be open and our worship sincere. And may we give you ourselves this Christmas season. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen? Amen. Thanks for joining with us today. We would love to support you and have you be a part of our community. So please, check out the Church at homepage at rendicator.org. There you can ask questions, request prayer, find past messages and podcasts, and even contribute to the growth of the church through online giving. Or you can come see us in person on Sunday mornings in downtown Decatur. We can't wait to see you.